Welcome back to the things we say. I'm Sheldon and there is no Nate. Uh, this week Nate was having some vocal problems. He was he called me and just said that his voice from singing and other things that he'd been doing just wasn't feeling good and he's got something going on in his throat. So if you have a moment, take a take a chance to pray for him and if you're the if you're the praying type, send one up for Nate. Um, so today we are just doing a real quick one. This is going to be a short podcast, and I'll just do the things we say. Uh, thing, actually, things we things I don't understand. This is a lot harder without Nate sitting across from me because I, you know, we're, the, what we usually do is conversational, and I'm not great on my own because I hate talking to myself. Uh, my wife can attest to this. I think talking to yourself is the mark of a crazy person. If someone is just standing there in a house by themselves and they're talking to themselves, the person is, you know, closer to crazy than I am. If if I'm home alone for an entire weekend, I I do not talk to myself at all. I might sing. I might, um, I don't know, sing along to something, but I'm not going to say anything. It just, it weirds me out. So me doing this is a major step of faith, or I don't know, uh, maybe I'm just getting closer to crazy. So here's my thing I don't understand. And I'm going to do this without Nate, because to be honest with the rest of you, he is not a football fan, Uh, not a fan of the NFL, not a football fan in any way. He likes basketball and baseball, which is fine. Um, but when we start arguing about football, like we did on the last podcast, he doesn't, um, he doesn't love the sport. So I'm, I'm your prototypical NFL fan. In fact, the average age of anyone playing fantasy football is 34 and I'm 34 and we, and the average person has been playing for so many years or whatever. I am that average person. And so I'm the average NFL fan. I began watching in the early nineties and I'm still watching and I love the sport. I, I can't imagine life without the NFL season. It it's what I live for all winter long. I have the off season schedule and I check things off as it goes to get me through what I what uh, one of my friends calls silly season, which is anything from after the Super Bowl till week one of the NFL season. That is silly season. It's it's just nuts. None of it is meaningful. Most of the rookies that you're all hyped about aren't going to play week one. It is all just tremendously silly. So what I don't understand about the NFL this year is that I don't understand the lowering your head to initiate contact penalty. It has to go. They have to get rid of this by the start of the season. Um, Nate's contention is that the NFL, along with the lowering the helmet rule, is ignoring their base. They are somehow getting away from from what makes them money. And he would throw the anthem controversy into that. And he would throw in like the male cheerleader issue and some of the things and say, hey, look, the NFL is just too worried about being politically correct in order to appease a certain section of society, which isn't their base. And so they're abandoning it. I, I would say 
I don't care about male cheerleaders. I don't care what you have on the sidelines. Like that doesn't bother me. The, the anthem controversy, me and Nate will do a podcast where we really get into it. I side with Colin Kaepernick on free speech. I also side with him because I know more of the story. And I really, I, I really think that he did try hard after he made his initial stance to be respectful and people still hated him for it. I get the feelings on both sides of it, I really do. Um, but at a certain point, I don't think it's wise for the NFL to come out and make a hard, fast stance, especially once the ball is rolling. The NBA and, and Major League Baseball had things in place ahead of time, but the NFL was kind of caught off guard. So it's problematic for them, and they need to work on a solution with the players. But I don't think that the anthem controversy, it, I think that's something totally separate. It's been going on for a while. Uh, male cheerleaders, I, I can't think of anything I care about less. College has male cheerleaders. I'm an NFL fan. I love the sport. I don't think it adds anything. I don't think it takes away anything. Um, to be honest, if the cheerleaders are on the screen, it means I'm getting up to go to the bathroom. I'm getting up to do something else because it's going to commercials. What what I do think that the NFL did pay attention to in the last little while is the amount and number of commercials. They did try to shorten the game time a little bit by limiting some of that. And I think that is uh, very important. Uh, it's it's much more important, certainly, than cheerleaders. I think, I think what's going to kill the NFL, and I think they recognize this, is by looking at like youth football participation rates and all of that, is the amount of science that's coming out on concussions. Um, I, I think it is, it, for me, it's problematic to start kids as young as we have, uh, third and fourth grade playing tackle football when they can't even really lift weights or put on muscle or gain mass. I think, I think it's a bad idea to have kids starting that early. The problem is other sports you can start early. So football numbers are dropping as people wait till they're later in later in development to start football. Some don't start at all. Some are worried about concussions and parents hold them out. And I, I do see participation rates dropping. I think the NFL sees that too. And they take it as their responsibility to counteract that by introducing the targeting uh, stuff from college into the NFL in a way that makes sense. So what they did was pared it down and just went for uh, initiating contact with your helmet, lowering your helmet to initiate contact. The, the problem with the NFL getting that simplistic and going after something like that is when you go to do a proper shoulder tackle at full speed on a bang-bang play, you will lower your head from where it is to where you're going to put the shoulder. If you're putting your shoulder on someone's knee, on someone's waist, your head is going to be in front of your shoulders just because of body angle. And in a bang bang play, you hear that pop. It could be the pads. It could be your helmet against the other guy's pads. But even in a clean tackle, there's going to be a, a, a pop and the guy's going to fly the other way. And to a ref, it, it, they'll, they may throw a flag because they saw your head drop. They heard a pop. They threw the flag thinking they're effectively enforcing the rule. And they aren't. Um, there, there's a couple instances of this this week. Um, and one of them was Raheem Mostert from the 49ers made a beautiful tackle. How you would want to teach your kids to tackle. And he got a flag. 
Um, there was a roughing the passer call in the Minnesota game that was awful. And and nobody wants to watch a game like the preseason game with the Niners and uh, and I don't know who they were playing. Um, Niners and Texans. There was 23 penalties. Nobody wants to watch a game like that. I, I don't understand why you would introduce something that's going to drive up the penalties that far. Here, I'll I'll play you some of the uh, something that I found on Twitter. Here, there there was um, video of perfect form tackle that that I was talking about for. Uh, in the Vikings game, taking the quarterback to the ground, perfect form tackle, and this was the call um, from the Vikings game. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Roughing the passes by the defense, number 57. Roughing the It's been a rule that you can't land with all your body weight. That's one out of the of worst calls I've ever seen in the National Football League. And with all due respect to everybody involved. Oh, and I and I have to agree because that's ridiculous. Grant got the. And you can you can hear there the announcers are not having it. The fans are not having it. Nobody's having it. Listen to this one. Uh, Michael Robinson used to be a a 49ers fullback. Uh, Seahawks fullback. He he was a quarterback at Penn State. He's talking about a, a clean hit, a clean hit that was called back. How do you expect him to tackle? He got trucked. Yeah, uh, and and their number twenty one from the Jaguars lowered his head because a fullback was coming directly at him. The fullback was right in his face, and he he bent down to try and wrap him up at the knees, and big huge fullback running right at you. How do you expect the guy to tackle? He got he got pushed over on his backside. He got the guy ran right through him, and he got flagged for lowering his helmet. It, this is not enforceable in any way. It's it's a terrible thing. It's going to ruin the sport. Can you imagine this kind of crap being called in the Super Bowl where stuff is actually on the line? People are going to riot. It's just bizarre. I don't I don't know. For me, I love the game. I I will watch the NFL, but if it gets to the point where they're flagging all of this stuff, it's just going to take the joy out of the game. It's going to rob us of some of the most beautiful moments of the game. If you want to see uh, a helmet-to-helmet hit that should have dislodged a ball and should have ended a season, you go back and watch um, watch Terrell Owens against the against the Packers. Uh, it would have been the divisional round. And, and just type in uh, the catch two. The, the catch one, the first the catch was Dwight Clark and Joe Montana. The second one, the Niners fans call catch two. And it's, it's young to Owens to beat the Packers. And he gets hit in the end zone. He gets high load. And one of the and the hit high was helmet to helmet right in his ear hole, and he catches the ball, and he's just fine. Like these are some of the most beautiful moments in the league, and now they're going to be taken out, they're going to be flagged, and I, you know, I understand trying to take concussions out of it. I understand the NFL needs to set an example, but this is not the way to do it. You can say uh, something about lowering the helmet, but make it 
only enforceable in like the extreme cases where you see somebody doesn't even extend his arms. He's not going for an arm tackle at all. He's just basically spearing the guy and flying through the air. Like those are dangerous. But watch, watch rugby. They lower their head too. They're still tackling with their shoulders, but they're lowering their head. Anyway, those of you that don't care about the NFL are incredibly bored right now. So I'm going to cut this short um, and just say, I don't understand that. Um, uh, another thing that I don't understand, if we're going to get into football just a little bit, I, I really don't understand the Urban Meyer thing. I'm not an Ohio State fan. I'm a Penn State fan. I, I want Urban Meyer back on the field. God didn't do anything wrong. If you have someone on your staff that hasn't been convicted of a crime, nobody's charged him with anything. He's not convicted of a crime. Uh, are you just supposed to fire him? Is, is the NCAA supposed to play judge, jury, and executioner? Or do we still have due process? And, and they're trying to get on him for reporting. Reporting, the police knew. Her family knew. His family knew. Everybody knew. And it, it had been reported to the proper authorities. I don't, I don't get dragging something up from years ago and making Urban Meyer pay for it today, being that he didn't, he personally did not commit any crime. It's like the media, but the media wants him because he's the biggest name. And that's what happened to Joe Paterno. Uh, Joe Paterno, there was a scandal that happened in, in his organization there, a terrible scandal. And he was crucified in the media because that's who they wanted. They wanted Joe Paterno's name and to drag him through the mud and, and, to, and because he was the biggest figure, the biggest name that they could get print numbers from and all of that. So, and get clicks and they went after the biggest name. Do you know when, when I read the grand jury report about the whole Jerry Sandusky and all the things that happened to the kids and all of that, Jerry Sandusky had what was called the second mile program, which was what he used as a front where he said he was helping, you know, kids that didn't have homes or were in the foster system and all of that. And what he used, what he used it for was him and, and his wife protected him during this time. He was using it for his awful behavior. And there were parents that raised objections in court, like biological parents that were trying to get their kids back, trying to get their life right. And they were noticing that their kids were having a hard time in his program. And they raised objections in court. And there were social workers. There were judges. There were people that sided with Jerry Sandusky and would strip these parents of their parental rights and put these kids in his second mile program and give permanent custody to him in the middle of these allegations. And, and, and yet we're not, the, the media didn't run out and drag these judges out. They still have jobs. The people in, that were working in social services, they still have jobs. Uh, there was a lot of high ranking officials in central Pennsylvania that protected this guy and all of them still have jobs. Who got, who got canned? Uh, Joe Paterno got canned. Uh, you know, the, the president of the college got canned. And, and sure, I mean, the upper echelon of Penn State 
may have known what was going on more than Joe did. A lot of these things happened when football was not going on. There was no football activities. There was no reason that Joe was actually at the field. Uh, a lot of them were after hours. The, the school allowed the second mile program to use the facility after hours. There's no reason to think that Joe would have been there or would have known what was going on except for one uh, person's testimony and that was debatable as well. So even even with that one uh, Mike McCreary that, that made the charge against uh, Joe Paterno, he he claims that he told Paterno what was going on, but then you have to wonder, you know, Joe, did he understand what he was being told? Did he understand what was going on? And people have to understand too that Joe did not like Jerry Sandusky. He had tried to get him fired a couple times. But the, the college wanted to protect Jerry Sandusky. But my whole point in all of this is that the media, whenever there's a way to take down a large public figure, they are going to do it for their own gain because they know you will click on the article. They know you will read the thing. And it's all about getting whoever is at the top. It's not about bringing justice to the one person in the situation that was involved. It's about taking down the whole structure. I don't understand why we continue to allow this to happen. I think people should each be tried for their own things that they do. If you commit a crime, you commit a sin, whatever it is, let that person be charged. But the guy that didn't do anything, yes, there's a requirement to report and all of that. I get it. I get it. But if people know, if it's been reported, if it's known and it's out there, you want, do you honestly want businesses to be the people that are, are police that you, people should be getting fired based on allegations before anything is proven. Nobody's gone to court over it and nobody's been charged. You want that to happen? I, I don't know. Um, Think about if your employer did that and for every allegation of this or that, it needs to be investigated, needs to be looked at, whatever it is. But um, yeah, I've just seen a, a tendency for people to have their names destroyed over something that they didn't even do and it, it kind of bothers me. Anyway, that was my rant for this week. Um, be praying for Nate. I hope his uh, vocal stuff gets better and um, I'm sorry that we didn't have a full podcast this week, but we're going to pick it up next week. We'll grab some topics. I, I think Nate wants to talk about, um, sections of, uh, fringe elements of society that we have made, uh, central pillars to society or, or something like that. So, uh, we'll, uh, we'll have to pick this up next week uh, until next time. You can communicate with us at TTWS podcast on Twitter uh, you can look us up at the Things We Say podcast on Facebook and um, the Things We Say at mail.com is our email address. So the Things We Say at mail.com. Any of those ways, great way to get in touch with us if you have ideas for topics that you want to hear. Uh, if you have feedback on any of the podcasts so far, we really appreciate you listening. And uh, your action step this week is to hit the subscribe button on whatever platform that you're on so that you get to see when we're when when we've got a new podcast out. So uh, really appreciate you listening. Um, next week's going to be a lot better because it's me and Nate and not just me. And I'm now done feeling so uncomfortable sitting here in my truck talking to myself. 
So I will catch you guys later.